Welcome back to Soul Back. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here, back with Ed. Ed, where is Tom today? Well, it's the holiday season. Knowing Tom, he is either out shopping for his young son, his first Christmas, or he's somewhere being annoying, eating bland food, screaming at the heavens about how Stevie Wonder is better than Jacquees. He would not be wrong, but I figure that might be how he's spending his weekend. Well, do you think this would be a nice gift for Tom's son? Snoop Dogg is set to release a lullaby album. Did you hear about this? Oh, I heard all about this, and everybody was like, I can't believe that Snoop Dogg would release a lullaby album full of nursery rhymes. Well, if you've been listening to rap for the past 10 years, he's just doing what everybody else is doing. Y'all call it a Snoop nursery rhyme album. I call it a Migos album. <laughs> Hey, but we got to show love to Snoop because it seems like every year he tries something different. He had a reggae album, had a gospel album, so this is not out of the ordinary for Snoop. Yeah, he even had a sort of R&B flavored album a few years back, and it was actually pretty good. Every time he steps out on his own to try something new, it for the most part succeeds. I am not mad at our legends when they want to be a little bit more creative, especially when he pulls it off. Right. Now, Ed, I've got a Christmas gift for you, too. Oh, boy. What is this? Is it refundable? Uh, I'm not sure, but aren't you a big fan of No Limit, Master P, and those guys? Who told you that lie? Uh, (laughs) I just assumed you liked everything 90s, hip-hop, and R&B. The devil is a lie. I like what I like, because it was as much as a lot of these youngins say, oh, you act like there was no trash in the 90s. Oh, I I got a list. And No Limit was at the top of it. And I know y'all are mad, so go to E.T. Bowser on Twitter, you No Limit fans, and yell at me about how your favorites came out with an album every other week and how 90% of them weren't good. I like Mia X, though. Anyway, go ahead. Continue. Well, let me ask you. Do you like ramen noodles, like the instant noodles from the pack? Do you eat that? I haven't had them in years, but I used to love them. The little shrimp flavor off the chain. Yeah. So Master P is set to release his own line of ramen noodles he calls them wrap noodles so it's just instant noodles but they have different flavors there's a cajun shrimp a gumbo will you be trying these today ed i mean actually i don't know if i should be eating freaking noodles like i'm five years old but i'm not mad at those flavors what makes them wrap noodles are they like named after annoying rappers like the snap the what are the wrap snacks (laughs) I, I don't know. I think it's probably uh, maybe gumbo was part of the hip-hop culture, hence why it's called rap noodles. I don't know. Uh, gumbo is not... T- well, I guess it is part of the southern culture. Who knows? But I'm not mad at these flavors. I have to try it out. So we'll have to do that. So, Ed, we have a lot to talk about in R&B this week, but can I just bring something up? This is this probably marks like the six-month anniversary of something very important. What's that? So I don't know if you remember, but but earlier in the year, there were reports going around saying that Avant was going to die in six months. Do you remember this? Oh, yes. I remember this. Well, six months has uh, has passed and Avant is alive and well. So what does that tell you about social media? It tells me that y'all are living a bunch of lies, but that's nothing new. I remember those. Remember those photos that came out and he was looking like Skeletor? And I re- shout out to some members of the Soul and Stereo Cypher. I'm blanking on who y'all are because I'm old these days. 
But there was someone who said, look, y'all, I just saw a dude in concert. He looks nothing like this. It's the lighting that's making him look bad. And of course, everyone was saying, no, but the grape juice or whatever website I went to, they said it. So it must be true. Y'all need to watch who y'all are getting your information from, because clearly all of these rumor mongers out here got you living lies. The man was not dying. And then you guys get an exclusive from either Avant's management team or somebody who said that he was good. Yep, someone told us he was good. I think it was SRG. They were like, Avant's fine. I think he just went like vegan or something. But, you know, that's how it is, I guess. I guess, but stop trying to kill people off. And what kills me, no pun intended, is that we don't appreciate anybody until they catch an L and then we put them in the ground and then we're spinning all their records talking about how underrated they are and we should have shown them more love. But then when they're here, we talk about how they're falling off and they're washed up and, oh, they suck. If you thought that my man was going to pass away, I need y'all to rock those classics that he has while he's here to get the accolades. Don't wait till he's gone to celebrate them. Drives me nuts that we do that as a culture. 100%, Ed. Now, let's talk about some new music that just came out recently. We don't have a lot of new music because it's Christmas time, so unless you want to sit here and talk about these new Christmas records that our artists are dropping. Let's uh, talk about some original records here. We have Tiana oh, Taylor. Oh, good lord. Yes, let's stay away love. from the Christmas tracks. <laughs> but yes, I did hear this one. And unlike yeah, everybody's trying to remake the wheel, this one was a Kanye track. So, this song, I believe... Actually, not believe. I know it's a leftover off her last album, which I thought was one of the better projects of the year even though it was like seven songs but this record right here i don't know how i feel about it Ed. like production wise it's very strong and i can see what tiana was trying to do with the record but something's not connecting for me yeah Ed, it's not a bad record but i kind of agree with you something's off um the production's good is is kanye influence so you know it's a different sound i like what she tried to do it's kind of with the with the rhythm that she has going on, but it's just something that's not connecting, and I really can't even. I'm usually pretty good about being able to articulate what's what's missing or what's needed from a track. This one, I don't know. It's like she hits all the right beats, but something just does not connect. It's like she's got a bunch of puzzle pieces that almost fit, but she hasn't snapped them in together yet. So it's an okay song. I'm, I was a little bit. I didn't love the seven track album that she dropped. I think it was seven tracks. Whenever it was that, that came yeah. out last year. I thought it was all right. And this kind of falls into that mold. If this was on that record, I would have been like, yeah, I'm not surprised. Because a lot of that stuff was okay in theory, but nothing I really wanted to revisit. And this is another one of those. Now, Ed, Tiana Taylor is set to drop her new album next year. It doesn't seem like she's getting the hype this time around like she did with her last project, maybe because of that Kanye co-sign. That's probably what helped her last time. Where do you see her going from here? I mean, she's pretty much a celebrity at this point. I know she directs her own videos, directs videos for others as well. But what do you see as her lane now? Here's a weird thing about Tiana. As you said, last year, she was able to kind of capitalize on that momentum that Kanye had because Kanye, for better or worse, is a brand unto himself. And she was able to ride that. 
Now in 2019, going into 2020, Tiana has her own name, but really that name is more of a performer than the actual vocalist. And that's where the lane she's kind of stuck in. Everybody knows if Tiana's going to be performing on a, on a concert or on a show or a tribute, she's going to kill it because she's an incredible dancer. She's an incredible performer. But I dare you to ask, even not just, I'm not talking about stands, but ask a knowledgeable R&B fan to name three Tiana Taylor songs. And I guarantee you they're going to struggle because she hasn't yet to find signature tracks to fit her sound. I would hope that this next album is the time for her to define it because this is, of all, pretty much the entirety of her career, this is the point where she has the most eyes on her, probably the most notoriety. So this is her time to drop a, I don't want to compare her to Janet, but the comparisons I know have been made before. If she was ever to drop a Rhythm Nation or something that was a head turner that's going to change the direction of the industry, next year would be the time. Because we know she got the talent as far as the performances. The vocals are not bad. She just does not have any standout tracks yet. If she can get with somebody who can give her a signature sound, she could dominate. So the potential's there. We're going to see. Because everything from now just hasn't really stuck. Right. And I'm just looking at her Wikipedia page right now. She's actually under 30 years old. Which, you know, I'm not trying to put ages on people. But, um, she, I mean, she portrays herself or presents herself as much older. But the fact that she's only 28, she still has time. So it's not like this is the end of the road for her. So... I'm looking forward, Ed, to what this next project brings. It could be really good. Like I said, there's so much potential here. I don't think that it's, even though we talk about the age, I think that she's got plenty of gas left in the tank. And even though she's had kind of a noteworthy career leading up to this, there's still room to grow. So this could be a make or break project. There's definitely an opportunity for her to capitalize. And who else? Nobody else has the lane that she has right now. I can't think of another R&B female star that's doing it. Beyonce is Beyonce. Like, she isn't R&B right now. She's her own thing. And there's really no one else. Sierra's not really doing it to that level. She has all the tools to be this player. All she needs is the music. Especially because most of these new acts are, like, singing in the dark and being all moody and stuff. So there is a lane for Tiana. She's very 90s-inspired, obviously. So I think she just needs to put out the right material. So, Ed, next year the album will drop, and hopefully it does not disappoint. Let's hope not. As you mentioned, I think we've talked a lot of times on the podcast before about, like, an R&B 90s revival I just, I'm going through, and we'll talk about this later, I'm working on the top 50 albums of the year, and I'm going to go back and listen to a few projects that I miss here or there. And I'm surprised at just how many songs are just sampling stuff from the 90s and the 80s, and it's just this opportunity to kind of get back to that culture. Because everybody likes that 90s vibe, but nobody can deliver it. Very few can. I think Tiana can. We miss... People having choreography and videos, and we miss that vibe and energy. She can do it if she does it. Absolutely. Um, another record that came out, and before I talk about this record, Ed, can I ask you, is Back to the Future a classic movie? No, of course it is. No question. And I ask that because this Lucky Day song, Fly, 
Sounds like it's a, it's from that era. It's from that soundtrack. Did you hear this record? <laughs> yes, I've heard the record. I don't know if it sounds like it's from the Back to the Future soundtrack, but I do get what you're saying. It's definitely a '80s record for real. So it's actually a different type of sound from what we heard from Lucky on his debut, Painted. Which, and I'm sure we're gonna have plenty of songs on our year-end countdown from that album because that album was incredible. And Very good. It just seems like it just seems like Lucky can't do wrong right now. He can't. I love that he is another artist that refuses to be in a box. One of my biggest pet peeves with R&B fans in the past few years is that we have this weird tendency to put artists in a box. Like, we want our R&B to sound like X. And if you don't sound like it, you're not real R&B or you're not doing the music we want or blah, blah, blah. But Lucky and a few other artists will jump back and forth. He'll do one sound. He'll do another sound. He'll switch it up. And all the greats always switched it up. I love that he comes out with something different and unique every time. Because there are so many other artists out here that do the same thing each and every time. And the bloom is falling off the rose. Shout out to her. <laughs> now, Ed, I got a question. Lucky Day, we love him. Critically acclaimed. Do the kids listen to Lucky Day or is he more geared towards us? Good question. I I think it's a mix and I'm just judging by my circles. I do know some young people who do get down with Lucky Day, but we don't see the kind of the level that we see with a, ugh, a Jacquees or that crew. It's not that type of youth movement behind them. He seems to kind of straddle generations and that's okay. I mean, I know that if we talked about many times before that Music is a young man's game, and a lot of times these labels and just social media in general just tends to rally behind younger voices. But I like that he's kind of in both lanes. He can be youthful and appeal to that generation, yet he's got enough maturity that you don't sound like, you know, a creep in the club when you're trying to listen to his music. So he kind of bridges the gap, at least in my opinion. Yeah. So I think he's gonna have a couple on our on our countdown, and I'm excited, curious to see oh, what everyone's no gonna question. think. Yeah, and, and he was just Grammy nominated for his project too. So, and I was about to say, between that, he's actually got some awards that he deserved, and no question, he'll be on my top albums of the list of the year list. So, great year for your man, Lucky Day. Absolutely. Um, another project that came out, I know we weren't going to talk about holiday music, but I just want to bring this one up. Mila J dropped the holiday project. Ed, is it me or does Mila J just keep working and stay working? Didn't she drop like an EP every month last year? Oh, I remember her EP series where she was dropping stuff left and right. Does, does she have an official album? Like, has she ever dropped an official album? Because she's just always dropping little projects. I can't remember if she's ever had like an kind of like LP to her own. But the woman grinds, say what you want about her. I know she's Tom's not her favorite. And I don't know, a lot of her stuff can be hit or miss, but that's, I think, because she oversaturates things. But she's not bad at all. I haven't heard of this holiday project, but who knows? The woman never stops grinding. I'll give her that. Yeah, like, do you remember her original group that she was a part of? This was during the mid-90s, the, girl, uh, the group Girl. Do you remember that group? Yep, I sure do. So, think about that. She's been grinding since the mid-90s, Ed. And she has not really let up. 
and e- even in different incarnations. But it's odd because if you say the name Mila J, some people still probably don't recognize that name and what she's done. But she's never really stopped working. So I have, I appreciate the grind. But you know, my philosophy has always been quality over quantity. And she's given, given us some good stuff here or there. But a lot of times she had to pick and choose it. So I wish she could kind of focus 2020. This is my Mila J resolution for you, sister. Focus. Give us a one solid project. Wait till like the summertime. Put all of your effort behind that and then let it go. Because when you drop so much little stuff all the time, it's just easy to get lost in the wind, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. And actually, uh, on the topic of albums from Mila J, she actually was set to release one back in like 2006, Split Personality, but then she took a hiatus and I think she like went back to school and that album never came out. I was actually on Spotify recently, and I found the album on there. So it looks like her cat oh, really? actually put it out. So that's kind of interesting. And I wish more artists would do that, because what's the point of just putting that stuff in your vault and it never coming out? Well, I know a lot of times some artists don't have any control over it. And back in the, the Wild West days of YouTube, which I've missed greatly, you could find all sorts of just random sale projects on YouTube. In the past couple of years, I'll try to go back and listen to them and... Unfortunately, the slate has been wiped clean. But I don't. I'm like with you. If the music is done and there, and it's not gonna ever be released as a project, hey, throw it out on Spotify there or YouTube. There are fans out here who want to hear it, so throw it out there, promote it. Don't let your hard work go to vain. And we've seen from LMA last year, Lizzo this year. Just because a track is two or three years old doesn't mean it won't chart. You get lucky, you'll have a hit on your hands after the fact. Yep. But you know what, Ed? The internet is a lot different than maybe even 10 years ago. You're right. You can't even find music to download on the internet anymore. It's like the government just did a clean swipe on everything. Stupid government hating on my music um, prowess. I need my old days of going to YouTube and being able to listen to 74 random static major songs. Now you can't find anything. (laughs) Yep. Sounds about right, Ed. Um... I got a couple of pieces of good news here. Are you ready? I'm always ready for good news, but when you give good news, sometimes it's suspect. <sighs> well, Ed, I don't know where to start, but let's start with this one. Chris Brown got Grammy nominated for No Guidance. Is that exciting? No. All right. Uh, Jacquees <laughs> dropped new merch for the King of R&B album. He got a hoodie that I wanted. But then I looked at the back of the hoodie and it has his face on it. Can we just take that face off, please? That hoodie was trash. I don't know if anybody's seen this, but it looks like my 80s babies will remember this. In the 80s, we had this thing where you and they would get it in a cereal box sometimes where you could iron on logos to your shirt. My mom never let me do it because she was like, you're not messing up your good shirt ironing on that logo. So I never got to do it. But my 80s babies feel me. It looks like somebody cut out his head from a magazine from the vibe of 1999 or something and ironed it on the back of some old wrinkle up hoodie. And on the front, they ironed on his ugly album cover that looks like a Christmas ornament. It looks terrible. Who's spending money on this? I might. Have you seen his hat? It says King of R&B. And then right below it, it says Jacquees. (laughs) 
<laughs> if it says King of R&B and you could scribble out Jacquees, I might get it. But no, because it says Jacquees, you're out? You think I'm wearing some Jacquees merchandise anywhere on my body? I wouldn't have his <laughs> face on my drawers, let alone my head. Oh, Ed, you're hating. But uh, some more good news for you here. Ed, Ashanti has joined the Millennium Tour. Our dreams well, have finally good come news, true. Good news for you. All this good news. I have only heard good news for Kyle. I've heard no good news for me. Well, we talked last week, and we've talked even a little bit before, about how the Millennium Tour was in dire need of some female representation. And I guess this just proves that the organizers listen to Soulback. So what's up, y'all? Good for listening. So, Ed... I got a question to ask about this tour now that Ashanti is in it. Well, first of all, can I just say shout-outs to the promoters for adding Ashanti. That was a great look for you guys. You may have just got yourself a customer. I might be going to that Please. show, but Ed, let's speak for the general public. Does Ashanti move the needle? Because I know last week you were a little skeptical about if this tour would be as successful as the last one. Adding Miss Ashanti Douglas, a.k.a. the queen of Instagram to the tour does it move the needle are we are we sold yet uh, i am not sold on the tour because i felt like it was a little it felt too much like a kind of like an inferior version of the original this at least differentiates it a little bit and i think it might draw some people but i don't know and we talked about this last week to me i know ashanti is of the millennium but her sound doesn't really fit the sound of everybody else there. I would like to a uh, Sierra or a Cherish seems like it would fit the vibe a little bit more than Ashanti. But Ashanti may be the biggest hit maker on the tour. I have to look at the lineup and see. So she definitely has a name. I think it gives it a little bit of juice. I still don't expect it to be as successful as the original. I mean, it's hard for sequels to beat the first one unless you're talking about Terminator 2 or something. You mean you wouldn't pay hard-earned money to watch Ashanti and Lloyd perform Southside live on stage? Good lord, no. Have you heard this woman live? <laughs> Come on. Wait, do you like the well, song if... Southside? No, I don't like that song. And I, I like Lloyd, I like Ashanti, but I do not like that song. But And, I, and you know, I'm a, I'm a relatively open Lloyd fan. And I, as much as I, people love to say, oh, you hate Ashanti, I don't. I like many, many Ashanti songs, but let's be real. Your boy is always here because I bring it real. Them live performances ain't popping on nothing. I mean, if I wanted to hear Ashanti, I would grab some of these random neighborhood cats that are running around in the middle of the night and just sit on the porch and listen to them. That's about the same level of vocals that you get. A bunch of screeching. Oh, my God. Well, can I keep it real, too? You can try. You're a hater, Ed. <laughs> oh, please. We hate facts around here. That's the only hate that's going on. Listen. I'm going to just pretend you didn't say that and move on to these other comments about this Millennium Tour. Uh, Keisha mm -hmm. Cole actually shared the same sentiments as you and said, I don't think I belong on this Millennium Tour if there is a female one. I'm from a different era, and I would argue Ashanti would be the same. So that's exactly See? what we said last week. 
That's a yes. That's exactly what we said. I mean, and shout out to Keisha because I know that over on the cipher on Facebook, someone mentioned her as well joining the tour. They are in that millennium age bracket. I mean, well, not age bracket, but more so kind of that era. But their sound doesn't really fit everyone else's. It would be like having a 2010 tour and throwing Jacquees and Miguel and Luke James and Roe James. It's just like that. You have to kind of have a tour that has a set sound, not just everybody thrown in from a date perspective. So I feel Keisha. I mean, Ashanti's there. Good for her. Get your money. And she probably is the biggest seller on that tour. But I'm with Keisha. Her sound doesn't quite match up to me. And Keisha sure doesn't match up. Well, Ed, one thing I do like to do is I like to ask the people for their opinion and and their feedback on random topics in R&B. And I actually asked and I said... You guys really want a female R&B Millennium Tour? Like, who would you even have on it? So I've got a couple of names. I mean, I know we we played uh, we played general manager last week to figure out who would be on this tour, but I've got a couple more names for you. Okay. So this is the this is the list that I got from people: Sierra, Cherish, Three L W. Ed, is there any hype for Three L W? Are people waiting? <laughs> I will say this. I am a I like 3LW, but I think that if anything, it might be more hype for a Cheetah Girls reunion. Now that is not my bracket, but there was a point where that Cheetah Girls stuff was like a huge deal. So I could see that, but I don't know about 3LW. Uh someone said Tiffany Evans and Tyra B. Do you remember Tyra B? Yeah, I remember Tyra B. Didn't Tyra B have like one song though? Oh, amazing Michael Jackson sample right there. The, other than that, I can't think of anything Tyra B did. And then someone said Tiffany Evans, who we talked about last week. Nivea as well. Do you think Nivea will be Nivea, I, to do this one? First of all, maybe. If she answered her phone in time. Last time I checked, she had a doctor's appointment. And then she had to, her, she had to go to, to Verizon and get a new phone. And then she had to pick up her child from work. And then she was busy. And then she was sick. But let me not talk about canceled interviews because I'm not bitter at all about that. Who else are we talking about? Tiffany? Tiffany's all right. Yep. Uh, and this one was kind of a surprise. People want to see Isis on the tour. Isis? Play and stop. Now, I love Isis. I love me some Isis. I thought if anybody I was going to put money on in 2002 to be like the next big girl group, I would have went with Isis because they had joints. But they had two joints, and then they vanished. So no, no ISIS. They aren't even and together Jada, anymore. And Jada Kiss couldn't pronounce the group's name, and that was the downfall. Oh my god! If you get players, I don't understand why nobody went back and listened to the record. He mispronounced the name of the group multiple times. Yet y'all still dropped the what? How did this happen? If I had a, if I was a sample artist. Well, if I was a featured artist on a Destiny Child song and I kept calling them Destiny's Mild, you would let that. You think that Papa Knows would let that fly? He snatched that verse off so quick. Yep. <laughs> so, Ed, I've listed out a couple more female acts from that era. Honestly, and I said it on Twitter as well, I don't think there's enough star power here to do a arena tour. I know some people want smaller venues, but let's be honest, promoters are here to make money. I just don't think in the 2000s there were enough stars for females. 
I think you they either had the super, you had the super duper stars like the Ashantis and the Beyonces. Um, you know, I would even argue Amory and Sierra, Keisha, like those established names. But there was like no middle tier artist. It was either you were a top act or you were, you know, a Tyra B who had one hit. Um, and, and I guess a big following on 106 in part, but in terms of mainstream success, maybe not as much. Yeah, and we've talked before about the 106 in Park effect, which I talked about back then. Everybody called me a hater. But there's a lot of kind of perceptions and skewings that there are a lot of artists that were on that couch a whole lot of times that we just assume were multi-platinum megastars. And then you go check the numbers and you check the charts, and it's like, eh, maybe not. I mean, we're going to see that 10 years from now when Twitter goes back and look at some of these folks that y'all been gassing up for the past 10 years and you're like oh they didn't really do too much these kings and queens didn't really have the juice behind them that you thought they did but you're right about some of these groups unfortunately by the mid by the mid 2000s a lot of the steam started first of all groups in general started to vanish and a lot of the female voices were not as represented as well as they should have been i still think that there are some there was some options Sierra was perfect. Cherish was perfect. They're still doing their thing. Well, as the sister group, they're still doing their thing. There was still some opportunity there. I don't know what Nivea's doing over there doing her taxes or something. She's so she's so busy. But it's kind of a shame. I do think there should have been more representation. But that field was a lot smaller than y'all realize. And then here's the thing that I found kind of ludicrous on social media people were saying what do you mean the females didn't have star, star power this tour has freaking soldier boy and yin yang twings on it and then ed you really have to look back and soldier boy had a number one hit on billboard 100 yin yang twings didn't they have a number one hit they were i don't know if they had a number one hit but they had multiple songs that were huge yes they were bigger stars than some of these other people on this raggedy tour i can say that and as much as i despise soldier boy because to me, I've said it before, I think he's patient zero for the downfall of rap right now. It starts with him. The man is a success. He's a horrible human being with terrible songs and fake gaming consoles. But he's a success. Certainly yeah. more than a Tyra B. And no offense to Tyra B. She's cool. But no, yeah. y'all got to actually stop going off of your opinions and go check the facts on these things. Yeah, I would say that the records that someone like Soldier Boy released, those were moments for hip hop culture. So I'm not going to be surprised if Jaquan ends up on the next Millennium Tour. Thoughts? Ugh. Please don't remind <laughs> me. All right. Well, Ed, I'll tell you one person that won't be on the Millennium Tour this time around uh, Bobby V. He was on the last one, didn't make the cut for this one. He tweeted out recently that uh, for anyone that's wondering why I'm not on this Millennium Tour, Unfortunately, my fan base is not equivalent to my discography. Um, so he's put out like seven albums at this point, but doesn't really get the support that he deserves. So if anyone's asking, that's why. But he also said, Ed, that uh, he's not complaining. He just wanted to answer his fans on it. And he's actually working on a new album and he'll be doing his own tour. But I posted the first portion of that tweet on Instagram and facebook and people were really going at him saying well that's why you're not winning you're complaining and i'm like damn that's that's harsh 
Player, we've talked before. Like, didn't we just talk 10, 15 minutes ago that you need to celebrate these artists while we have them? These same people that's, oh, you, you're complaining. Oh, you fell off. Oh, you this and that. Let, Lord forbid, something happen to Bobby V right now. Y'all be the same ones screaming on Twitter about how he was your baby and we need to celebrate him and we need to erect a statue in the park for him and he was the greatest of all time and Slow Down was the best R&B song of the past 20 years. Stop it. Bobby V just went out to kind of clear the air and he was right to. And it does, always makes me chuckle when supposed R&B fans or supposed knowledgeable fans, I'll put it like that, get all surprised when the legends and the ones that you remember have more material than you remember. Because Bobby V, I was talking to Tom about this very situation. Tom was saying that a lot of fans were like, oh, Bobby V only had one album. Huh? I mean, even if you don't remember the later ones in more recent years, you at least remember Anonymous. That was on the second album. So come on, y'all. Yep. It reminds me of when I ranked Joe's discography earlier this year, and I was telling some fans, I was like, eh, I'll do it. It's going to take a long time. And they were like, oh, how, why would it take so long? He only has three or four albums. What? The man had like 15. And Y'all got to do your homework. And he had two of your favorite Moments from the last decade. You had the Officer song with Lil Wayne. Good God. And then you had that Beep song. Do you remember that Beep song? Oh, don't remind me of the Beep song. Because that is like the twisted, ugly stepchild of Mrs. Officer. Both of those songs are... Mrs. Officer, to me, is one of the worst songs... Well, I would say the worst singles ever created. And unfortunately, Bobby V, that will stain your career. <laughs> like some old nasty draws that's brown and yellow you will never get that stain out what a horrendous ridiculous embarrassing song when I hear that wee you wee you wee you it literally makes my skin crawl that is my musical kryptonite is that song better than bedrock shout out to Lloyd I actually don't mind bedrock bedrock is way better than that Bedrock is goofy, but Bedrock isn't mind-numbing. <laughs> like a cop car, Ed. No, oh, don't say it. I'm like <laughs> Superman in the corner, like, recoiling. Oh, man. Uh, so, we'll see what happens with this Millennium Tour. I think it'll do very well. But, Ed, I am a little disappointed with Ashanti and Lloyd both on this tour. Are we going to get a Murder, Inc. reunion tour soon? Do you think that, first of all, Ja Rule is too busy on Twitter trying to figure out chicken sandwiches and how they work. I don't know what Irv Gotti's doing, but he's somewhere being a disgrace to humanity. I don't see why they would do it in a reunion tour. I mean, I'm sure Vita and Cadillac, Cadillac Ty and Black Child are like just waiting for the phone to ring. They're staring at it right now. But with the three main headliners off doing Lord knows what, I would not hold my breath player. And Ed, if you remember, Vanessa Carlton was also part of Murder, Inc. at one point. That's kind of crazy looking back at it. That is ridiculous. I forgot all about that. So oh, how we change. Well, not change. Anybody needs to get away from that vortex of suck that was Murder, Inc. You talking about a career killer. Calm down. They were like the number one record label in, in like the early 2000s. Let's just leave it at that, Ed. Yeah, 
in like 2003, but by 2004, sorry to know you. <laughs> uh, some more tours I want to talk about here. Jill Scott is set to go on her tour. This is the 20th anniversary of her debut. Is it the 20th or is it the 15th? Ed, hold on. It's the 20th, right? I would think it's the 20th. That If that came out... Yeah, I believe that yeah. came out like around 2000 when I was in college because I'm old. So it should be around 20. Correct. So, Ed, this tour is going to be fun. A lot of people have great memories to this album that came out. What are your fondest memories? I think my fondest memory is that was one of those songs. Well, one of those albums that came out and just... And you don't get this anymore. Al, let me turn back the clock a little bit. There are times, and I remember this with her. I remember this with Erica Badu. I kind of remember this with Genuine. I definitely remember it with Aaliyah's. Well, that wasn't a debut. That was more when One A Million dropped. Sometimes an artist will come out of nowhere that you've never heard before with a different style or a different attitude or just like something completely fresh and new. And you're like, who is this? And unfortunately, we don't have those moments anymore. But we definitely had it. I remember where I was the first time I saw and listened to Erica Badu's On and On. I remember the first time I heard Aaliyah's One in a Million. I remember the first time I heard um, Pony. And I remember the first time I saw Jill Scott's video. It was just one of those moments that was like, this is completely different. This is super cool. And this is going to be somebody. And that is the moment that I knew we really had a new star on our hands. And then when the album dropped, it just fell in line with that. I know that Jill is very much renowned and beloved today. But that first album, I don't think she'll ever top. She's had great music, of course, in the past recent years, even up in the past few years. But nothing to me has connected and resonated like that first album. That's an album that just like hit with an entire generation of women specifically, man, it was a game changer. I'll never forget it. Tickets will be on sale very soon. The tour starts, I believe, next year. Um, at another tour that is taking place, another 20th anniversary tour, Khalees Kaleidoscope. She's going on tour, but she's starting in Europe. So my question is, because you were around during that time, did that debut album really hit in the States? I I'm trying to remember. Now, I remember the singles definitely hit. Caught Out There was pretty much, that was another one. We talk about people who kind of came out of the blue and you're like, what is this? Because it sounded so fresh and different. Definitely felt like that when Caught Out There dropped. And then she had to follow it, get along with you, which I actually like way better than Caught Out There. But as far as the overall project, I don't remember the project being as embraced as those singles. The singles I remember being embraced. The project definitely was loved, but not as beloved as the others. And as we would know later on, she would find success overseas. So I can understand why she would want to start out over there. Maybe see Tessa Waters and come over here later. But yeah, I would definitely put Khalees, another one of those trendsetters who out the box got so much attention because she was so different. I don't know if it translated to the project itself, but it certainly made her a voice and a person that you always look to and then we saw it and with the milkshakes and so many things that would come out later i'm bossy she always came out with a song that sounded completely different than the last but immediately grabbed you by the throat and made you pay attention that's kind of what khalisa's came to fame is yep 
and you just reminded me of Bossy, which I do not like that song, Ed. Um, I kind of got tired of it, but again, I'm sure all the ladies listening to this podcast right now loves that song, because I don't know any woman on the planet that doesn't like Bossy. <laughs> Could she join the Millennium Tour? Oh, God, no. Again, no. just because she had hits then in the Millennium does not mean she fits that sound. I cannot see Khalees out wandering around out there after Soldier Boys rolling around on stage like a puppy in heat. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, one more piece of tour news here. This is rather interesting. Uh, this is just a rumor that I saw on social media, so I don't even know if this is true or not, but hypothetically, Ed, because we like to play the what if. Uh, Beyonce is mm-hmm. apparently going to be doing a Vegas residency next year, which, you know, the 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 stigma behind Vegas residencies previously was that it was for people that were in the latter part of their career that had become legacy acts, but Beyonce's not a legacy act. What is she going to be doing in Vegas? She getting that money, I guarantee you. There's nothing that Beyonce is not going to do unless she's going to line her pockets. So if she's doing a Vegas, res- a Vegas residency, I'm sure they back that Brinks truck up. So I'm sure it's some money that she did not want to turn down. And who knows? Like I don't think this, I certainly don't. I've seen like some people talking like, oh, that must mean that she's winding down. She ain't winding down. You got to break her ankles before that woman sits down. I think this is just <laughs> something that she wants to do. Kind of like she might think it's fun, but I guarantee you it's something that's going to get her paid. So that's all I think it is. I don't think it's more to read into it than that. Well, the reason why I ask is because, like, I have this thing and maybe it's just a a mindset that I, I have. But, like, when artists go on to do stuff like American Idol and The Voice, has it ever really benefited an artist to do that? Like, I remember when Usher did The Voice... He was popular on TV, but it, it didn't really help him musically. And I think I would say the same for Alicia Keys. Well, as far as I'm trying to think in the world of R&B and even hip hop. Yeah, you're yeah. probably right. But in other words, in other worlds, it has definitely helped. What's the, the um, what's the rocker do all the tattoos? You know, what I'm talking about I'm blanking on them. Rocker dude. Um, the. Yes, Adam Levine. Less he got, yeah. I mean he he got hits after his stints, so it definitely has worked in other genres. I just can't think of anyone in hip hop and R and B. I'm sure someone will gladly correct us if we're forgetting somebody who has kind of wind down, went on one of these shows, and then suddenly had a resurgence. I now we've seen that happen on reality TV, but I can't really think about these shows. So. I think you might be right there. I can't really think of one that's that's happened on. Alicia, CeeLo Green. Yeah, I can't think of anybody. John Legend. Maybe John. No. Nope. But I don't know. Uh, Neil. No, and even I, John. Yeah. I feel like John is one of those ones that never really. I don't, and I don't. I hate using the word "fall off," but I feel like that he wasn't an artist who was out of the spotlight and used this to get back into the spotlight. He's always been around. So I wouldn't, but it didn't catapult him to another level is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. And then uh, Neo as well, he's doing that dance show with Jennifer Lopez. Don't really think that's oh, helping Oh, I forgot about that. But no, hey, it's not. get the bag. Get the bag, Ed. Look, Keith already told us, get the bag. They out here to get the bag. And a lot of times, 
if the music ain't popping, I know a lot, some fans were, as I've been in the past few weeks, kind of like shouting out and looking back at the decade of music. And I can't remember who it was, but somebody called me to task for not featuring any Neo songs. I'm like, where were all the Neo songs? I'm like, they were all right, but they ain't on this list because they were all right. So I, I'm okay with Neo trying to find another route in the meantime. He's the talented artist, no question. So I don't ever want to block a man from getting his bag. Go do your thing. Work, regroup and get back in the studio later. That way you can kind of stay in the forefront of people's minds and you're not coming out of nowhere. Yep. So some more news for you, Ed. Now, can I just rant for a second? Don't you always? Listen, guys. There is this Twitter account at Barry Hankerson. And that person's been, you know, making news about Aaliyah. And the Aaliyah fans have confirmed with me that that's actually a troll. That's not actually Barry Hankerson because, Ed, Barry Hankerson is like 70 years old. I don't think he has time to be on Twitter. But this fake Barry Hankerson account announced that Aaliyah's music will be available for streaming in January 2020. So, I don't know who put out this news. For some reason, Tom fell for it. I had to yell at him to take it off. (laughs) <laughs> but, Ed, hypothetically, again, because we like playing hypothetical, Aaliyah's right. music on Spotify, how much will this help her legacy? Mm, we've talked about this before, and folks got really mad because people don't like when I kind of state my opinion, but that's what I'm here for, players. Does Aaliyah's music deserve to be on Spotify? Absolutely. It's a crime that it is not. But there's also this mentality that if her music is on Spotify, suddenly she will, her legacy will be vaulted up and we will put her in the same esteem as Rihanna and Beyonce. That's not going to happen. This, having her music on Spotify is what, it's, I mean, it's her rightful place. She, that music, this isn't unreleased stuff that artists meant to not see the light of day. I have other feelings about that that we can talk about later. But this is music that she sold, that she put out there, she wanted fans to consume, and that she was proud of. So that music needs to be on streaming service to be played and remembered and enjoyed by different generations of fans. People shouldn't have to be like me, dusting off my CD from that I got from Target in July of 2001 if I want to hear Leah. Should be able to pull it up anywhere. However, We live in a different culture, and I'm not talking about anybody listening to this podcast, because if you're listening to this podcast, you're a music fan, you know that you study it, you love it, you will go back and you will check out some of these artists that we talk about, because you love it. However, the the normal music fan, especially younger fans, and y'all get mad when I talk about younger people, but it's true, they are not going to just go back and listen to a whole bunch of Leah stuff just because. Big, great fans, yes. Music fans who are really into music, sure. But I don't think all of a sudden all these albums are going to start charting and they're going to go number one and then we're going to remember how great she is and she's going to blah, 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 blah. It's not going to happen. And the reason why is because when it comes to music, if you are out of sight, you're out of mind. And unfortunately, Aaliyah has been out of sight since August of 2001. Her legacy, we want to keep her legacy solidified so her music should be there. But I don't think that all of a sudden, because her music is there, she's going to be vaulted up into the echelon of the Beyonce's and Rihanna's. That's just not how this works. Well, let me ask you this, Ed. 
When it comes to this new generation, this generation that's going to be eventually discovering Aaliyah, if she does end up on Spotify, what songs do you think they will gravitate towards? Because my first hunch is that they will probably really like I Don't Wanna, because I know Kanye does a version of that for his like Sunday service. What songs do you think? I think anything that's been sampled will get love, and that's one of them. I think any of the hits will get love. And I think that a lot of stuff from her most recent album, because if you look back, man, and one of the reasons why I hate that we lost her when we lost her is because that album really set the tone, not immediately for that decade, but for this current decade that we're in, that album set the tone. Like it will, we will look back at that as being one of the linchpins of kind of that sound that The Weeknd stole and Drake stole and everybody ran with. It all originated from that Asalia album. So I think that album will kind of get some love just because, I mean, when it comes down to it, that was the forefather. But otherwise, I just will stick with the hits. I think, again, there will be some music fans who will go back and rediscover the good stuff. But it's not going to be something that we see on a widespread basis. I'll tell you what won't make the cut. The one I gave my heart to, the Diane Warren song. A kid from this generation, they're not listening to that. That's too slow for them. Oh, oh no. It's, that's too boring. Oh, it ain't turn up. Oh, this don't. this beat don't slap. Chill out. <laughs> We should actually do a whole podcast dedicated to Diane Warren at some point. She wrote ballads after ballads that at the time she, were amazing. But man, if you play it for a kid now, they would be bored out of their mind, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately, and I'll be honest, like when it comes to that stuff, I was I always respected Diane Warren's pen. But I was never a huge Diane Warren fan because for reasons they're just saying. A lot of the songs that were her biggest hits were a little too drowsy for me. But I'll never disrespect her because she's great at what she did and she has legit classics under her belt. She's an expert songwriter that a lot of songwriters, in my opinion, should study today because she had a way of poetically, especially when it was talking about the condition of love. She was very poetic in the way that she wrote. And wasn't as blunt and juvenile as we see it today. So I, I hope that she gets studied and revered for that. But just being honest, a lot of her hits don't really do it for me. Unbreak My Heart didn't have enough swag to it, Ed? No, now I like Unbreak My Heart. That's cool. But some of her other ones, Sleepy Time. <laughs> Damn. Oh, man. Well, Ed, can we do a Whatever Happened To here? Because I know Tom really wants us to get into these classic artists these legendary maybe even vintage artists can we get into one who you got the people really want to know what happened to tony terry that's your boy my boy tony terry yes i still contend that with you is one of the best songs r&b ballads of all time dog all time So, isn't he, like, doing gospel now? The last time I heard from my man, Tony, what was he? Yeah, I think he was doing gospel, but this is, man, I mean, it was, I think I've done, in fact, if you check out solonstereo.com, I'm sure I've done a whatever happened to column on him. But the last thing I heard is that he was doing gospel, but that was, shoot, maybe 10 years ago now. But 
again, he's been he's been out there doing his thing. The voice is still there. I've seen him pop up online a few times here or there. But he's just one of those careers that I feel like never got fulfilled because he is a name that we should be talking about. Like we talk about the name like the, uh, a um, Tevin or Babyface, just one of those distinct voices. Oh, my gosh, man, I miss those vocals. He was incredible. And it's a shame that he kind of is stuck with the one hit wonder label, which isn't even really true. And I assume you love the song Lovey Dovey. <laughs> Lovey Dovey's okay. Give me with you. That's more of my joint. All right. <laughs> Ed, can we get into the player, please? Yes, we definitely can. Uh, well, first of all, we got to give a give a shout out to Soul Child who commented and wrote on our last podcast. Can you guys please stop telling people that all I listen to is New Jack Swing? And my reply to that, <laughs> Soul Child, is no. Anyways, <laughs> oh my, oh my gosh, leave my man alone. <laughs> all right, he um, shout out to the homie Soul Child. We love giving him crap, but he gives it right back. So he is one of the more knowledgeable R and B fans out there, and passionate as well. We love passionate brothers that are out here keeping the genre alive. Yep, that we do. Uh, first player, please, uh, Ray J's Unbreakable Glasses. Oh my yes, player. This is description does not do this with justice. I want everybody who has not seen this after this podcast wraps up, please, players, go Google this. It is the funniest thing. I'm not gonna lie; he almost had me sold too. I was like, "Really? The sunglasses are unbreakable." Did did he have you sold, Ed? Well, you know me; I trust no one, so I of course I was not sold. But the way that they broke. And the look on Ray J's face is one of the best looks of the year. No question. I was so weak. Right. <laughs> uh, the next player, please, we have here, Ed. Can we give a player, please, to you, but actually me, but actually spectacular? Well, it depends where we're going with this. Well, you remember like a couple of months ago, I think it was Tanache, she posted something on Instagram and was like, tweet, uh, text me, here's my number. Oh, yes, and didn't you do it? Yeah, so I've been texting everyone. I texted Tinashe, I texted Mario, texted Karuchi, and most recently I texted Spectacular. And and how did that work out for you? Well, he didn't reply to me for like three months. You don't and say. Then ran- and then he randomly sent me a text like the other day and was like, come sign up for my Adwizar, which is his company. Come sign up for my Adwizar Academy and get 80% off. Ed, I thought this text was to interact with your fans, not to try to get the bag off them. You mean to tell me that these artists are out here trying to make money off of people? I am shocked and amazed. What? I did not know that this was a thing. Player, please. You get that player, please. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, still waiting on that text back from Tanashi. Oh, keep on waiting. She actually got a good album out this time, so she's busy right now. <laughs> all right, all right. And, uh, Ed, I think that seems to be it for this week's Soul in Stereo. You know, I got Soul, Soul Back Podcast. What is going on with Soul in Stereo? Well, you know, we're wrapping up the year. So, well, first of all, if you missed it, check out the site. We've got a new edition of Love Letters Up. It's an interesting one. If you're one of those folks that's wondering how people 
Well, I'll break it down. The writer has a situation where he has a girlfriend that's into religion. He ain't. The girlfriend was like, oh, that's cool. Don't worry about it. We can still do this thing. But then she's flipped the script and was like, you know what? I want you to go to church with me now. So we kind of talked through that. What do you do when your significant other all of a sudden throws the Jesus on you when you're not ready? So check out Love Letters on Soul and Stereo for that. And in the coming weeks, I'm not sure when I'm going to do this, but it's about time to wrap out and to shout out the 50 best albums of the year. The list is done. I kind of want to, part of me wants to just go ahead and publish it and get it over with. But then the other part of me wants to wait it out and see what's coming. But then I'm looking at the releases of stuff that's coming out in the next couple of weeks. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure none of this is crap in my top 50. So who knows? That might be out next week. It might be out this week. It might be out tomorrow. It depends on whatever my mood is. And we also have coming up in a few next few days. You've heard of the 12 days of Christmas. We are shouting out the 12 days of Christmas movie soundtracks. So check that out on Soul and Stereo as well. Dope. Now back to this topic about religion. I just thought maybe it's not a bad idea for this guy to go to church with his girl. Because if his friends want him to do all these wild things, he can be like BJ the Chicago Kid and be like, but I got church in the morning. (laughs) I am okay with that. There's nothing wrong with trying out something. But you just can't, especially with religion, you can't be pressured into it. (laughs) Just to BJ the Chicago Kid. That actually, I really like that song for some reason. (laughs) Yep, that song's going to make, well, I don't know about that song, but he'll have a song or two on our top 100 R&B songs list for sure. Oh, absolutely. And then on You Know I Got Soul, are you ready for another great Kyle tries to interview an artist story? Oh, boy. Who was it this time? Who I got to slander now? Uh, it's my boy, Genuine. Oh, what did G do? Well, he did nothing. And actually, I love his manager. Shoutouts to Twin. Uh, I texted him. The show was on a Saturday. I texted him on Friday, and I was like, hey... Just want to do another interview with Genuine because, Ed, at this point, I think I've interviewed Genuine like seven times. But, <laughs> and this is serious, but I texted him like, hey, I want to do another interview. And he didn't reply. Six hours later, he replies back and says, I'll let you know. But instead of no being K-N-O-W, he wrote N-O. So I'll let you N-O. So at that point, I didn't even know if that meant no or I'll let you know. But I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Oh my gosh! And then that was the last I ever heard from him. <laughs> well, he well he told you no, so I guess you didn't get the hint. Yeah, you got to read between the lines. Shout out to Aaliyah. <laughs> I was gonna say shout out to Aaliyah. Maybe you'll be able to hear that song if that Twitter account isn't a lie, but we think it is. Yep. But Ed, I'll tell you what's not a lie. We are done with this podcast. We'll come back next week with Tom. Uh, we actually got to work on our year-end countdowns, too. So I think in the coming weeks, you will see what our favorite songs are for this year. And I think we can all agree there were some good songs, but there was no smash. There was no smashy dashy. That's, there was no smashing. There was no hit. There was no banger. I just I have finished my top 50 songs, and we will all combine our three lists. And then we will come up with a list of 100. And although we've had a lot of good stuff... There is no one standout this year, and that's kind of disappointing. But we'll talk about that next week. 
Yep, don't be surprised if Chris Brown ends up on my countdown. Because you know he will. No, don't be surprised if I hit that delete button real fast. <laughs> All right, guys, we're out of here. Thank you. Thanks, thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week. We out.